0: Hi, and welcome to episode 101 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal.
1: And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. I've got three kids, they are um, five, seven, <laughs> five, seven, and ten. I had to think there for a second. <laughs>
0: Oh, The time flies. That's probably uh-huh. why.
1: Our goal of this podcast,
0: we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. Here's how this works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, anywhere I can find a recipe on the World Wide Web. We'll have all the recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and our shopping list on our website at dinnersisters.com. You can also get them sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter, if you're the type of person that likes to kind of preview things before you listen.
1: Okay, Kate, let's dive right in here. This week's recipes were a kale pesto pasta from Bon Appetit, egg foo Yang with mushroom sauce from Cooking Light, and easy rosemary garlic white bean soup from Budget Bites.
0: So Betsy, you and I had quite the celebratory dinner party last week. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of short ribs, panna cotta, champagne, like had a blowout, which is fantastic. hundred episodes, you know, we deserve yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I also wanted to like, all right, it's time to recover. Maybe have a couple um, simpler recipes on this episode. And the survey that we gave last month had a lot of feedback about including more vegetarian recipes. So you put those two together. Here we are. Simple vegetarian this week.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us are thinking about adding more vegetarian dishes into our rotation. That's something I see just pop up a lot. So I love that we're putting together some episodes like this where you can find – just vegetarian recipes in one place. Kate, I also want to mention that you do a really good job of usually having at least maybe one or two vegetarian recipes a week, kind of regardless of the theme. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's something that might go a little under the radar, but I appreciate it. And I think a lot of people appreciate it as well. So,
0: Oh, well, thanks for mentioning. I do try to do yeah. that. So I would just, if you're a vegetarian, keep an ear out, because that's something we try to do in our episodes. Thanks for noticing. Mm-hmm. All right. So to kick things off, we have a kale pesto pasta from Bon Appetit. And, like, who does not love a traditional basil pesto? I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe someone doesn't, but I think they're delicious. But it's the middle of winter. Fresh basil, if you can find it, is pretty expensive. And I've also made less traditional pestos in the past, and like with um, parsley and walnuts or things like that. And so I thought this might be a fun idea. So to make it, you blanch a whole bunch of Tuscan kale, let it cool, and then squeeze all the water out. The pesto is pistachios blended up with some olive oil and water, and then you add in that blanched kale, Parmesan cheese, and a clove of garlic. It turns into this absolutely bright green, fresh-tasting sauce that's just like a little bit rich with the nuts and the cheese, but it's not super heavy. You ladle that into a big bowl with a knob of butter, and you toss it with some whole wheat spaghetti. You thin the sauce with pasta water if it's too thick and... That's it. Serve it in a bowl with a little bit of cheese. It's hearty for winter, but I didn't find it super, like, you know, sitting in your stomach heavy. Uh, Yeah. So, Betsy, I am curious. This is bright, bright green. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. what you and the family thought about this pasta.
1: Yeah. I was happy about this one because I tend to buy kind of this big bag of kale, the chopped kale Mm -hmm. for salads. Mm -hmm. And then I often will have, like, a half or a quarter of the bag sort of knocking around towards the end of the week. Like, maybe we didn't make as many salads as we thought we would. Yeah.
0: Salad (laughs) optimism, right? You're like,
1: (laughs) I'm totally
0: going to use this huge bag of kale and eat salads, like, all the time.
1: Yes. And then now the kale's on its last legs, and you're like, oh, (laughs) gosh. So this fit right in for me with this sort of use it up kind of recipe. So I was really happy about that. Oh, nice. Um, I actually ordered my groceries this week through Instacart and they brought me regular instead of whole wheat pasta. So I ended up just not going totally healthy. I thought this was great. I was not sure how my kids were going to react. So I did kind of do like a half and half with pesto. And then I had some pasta just with a red sauce. They tried the pesto. I will say no one went for, like, a full bowl of it. Mm. It is very green. It's super fun. I think if you make – I don't make a lot of pestos just generally. I don't know. It's just not something that's in my regular mix. So I think they were just, like, it was novel in all sorts of ways. (laughs) It was a lot lot hitting them at once. Yes, yes. (laughs) I think if you do make pestos a lot and your family is, like, used to seeing pestos and loves pestos and, Mm -hmm. like, they've gotten over that hump, this is, like, a really cool – great new trick up your sleeve in a way to use some kale and have yeah. a wintry dish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I couldn't find whole wheat pasta. And so I found that chickpea pasta called bonza. Have you seen it? It's like an orange Yeah, people box. love this. Did you like it? I, you know, I did like it. Okay. I liked it with this. I don't often, I think with other pasta, it can be a feel, it has a distinct taste, but I liked the taste with the kale, you know? Okay. And so for the sauce, I did have to thin it out quite a bit with the pasta water, but that wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I just like the taste. I like kale. If you're, mm-hmm. if you don't like kale, don't make this recipe. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, it's. <laughs> it's not like hiding the taste or no. anything. I mean, you no, taste, you're not like, yeah.
0: oh, is this basil pesto? It is not. It is no. definitely a hearty kale, but I do like that. And I made a whole big bowl of it because I wanted the picture and I wasn't sad about that. I do kind of wish that instead of making the big bowl, I had just made one serving at a time because reheating pasta with pesto isn't eh, like yeah. fine. That's not great. To store pesto, what I've done, and I think a lot of you probably have done, is you just put it in a jar with a thin layer of olive oil on the top to keep the air out, and that'll keep it green Mm -hmm. for like four or five days. So it won't last forever, but it will keep for like four or five days in the fridge, and then you just like make it and toss it with pasta. I actually had a hard-boiled egg, because you know I've been keeping the hard-boiled eggs in my fridge.
1: I do know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: I was starving while I made dinner, and I was like, well, have your hard-boiled egg, and then I had some pesto, put the pesto on top of the hard-boiled egg. That was Yum. delicious.
1: Yum. Right? Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it was like, a you know, one of those fake deviled eggs kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was delicious. This is a four out of five for me. I really liked it. I was surprised how much I liked it. What's your rating, Betsy?
1: Yeah, I'm giving it a four out of five also. I think I like it. Okay, Kate, the second recipe of the episode is egg foo young with mushroom sauce from Cooking Light. So confession, egg foo young
0: is one of those dishes that I will order if I've had a really brutal long day, like from mm-hmm. Chinese takeout. That mm-hmm. is the thing. I just love an egg foo young. And so I jumped to the chance to make it for the podcast. And it ter- so if you've never had egg foo young, first of all, I feel bad for you, but it is like an egg omelet that's filled with veggies. You can get it with chicken and things, but I usually get the vegetarian and you top it with this like brown gravy and eat it over rice. It is, like, just comfort food, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked it up, and it turns out that this was started to be made in the U.S. by Chinese immigrants in about the 30s. So it's one of those foods that had its origins in China with a much more complicated and probably, like, delicate dish. And then kind of when it came to immigrant cuisine, turned into this egg foo young. And there are versions of this, like, all over the world, which I thought was really interesting. So in any case, this is another version of it. And the cooking light version tries to lighten it up a bit. And yeah, so it's just uh, one of those comfort foods. So, to make it, you saute some pre shredded carrots and green onions in a large skillet with some oil. And then you add a couple cups of broccoli slaw, you know, that shredded black broccoli that comes in a bag, with some ginger and garlic. After a couple minutes, you add a tablespoon of rice wine vinegar and cook until the liquid is gone. And then you add in your egg mixture, which is six eggs that are beaten with tamari soy sauce, salt, and pepper pour it in and make sure you cover all the veggies and you kind of tilt the pan and make sure it's covering everything. And then you just cook until the bottom is set. Put the whole pan under a broiler to finish up the top. You don't want to brown just to set the eggs. And when that's done, you make a slurry of flour and water because you're going to start your gravy. Set that aside and then you brown a package of sliced mushrooms in a medium saucepan. You add the flour mixture and you cook until the mixture is nice and thick like a gravy. And a little soy sauce at the end, a little salt and pepper. To serve it, you just cut the egg omelet into pieces, put it over some brown rice, and top it with a mushroom gravy and a little bit of green onions if you're feeling fancy. So, how'd this go, Betsy?
1: So, we liked this. It was easy, which is great, felt healthy and kind of light. Yeah. I liked that you used the slaw mix, <laughs> that I thought was like you use both slaw mix and then. You use the ninety second microwave brown rice for this. Yep. this is what the I mean you of course could make your own brown rice if you want but they the recipe calls for the ninety second pouches which I did which let me tell you was not sad about that the night of that was great I will say you for this recipe I would recommend kind of getting everything together before you start yeah because I put the You know, the veggies in the pan, the kind of the slaw, the cabbage and carrots and things like that, and then found myself having to work kind of fast to get the eggs out and all that type of thing. And I thought, oh, I wish I would have done the eggs just before I put that in the pan. So just a note, I thought it was kind of like really quick to come together.
0: Yeah. Almost quicker than you think. You're like, whoa, hey now.
1: Yeah. And so I was scrambling Mm -hmm. a little bit and I thought, oh, if I make this again, which I probably will... I would just sort of do everything first, get everything set, and then start cooking, which some recipes just move faster than others. And Mm -hmm. I thought this one moved particularly fast. So, yeah, I'll tell you, I definitely thought it tasted like a cooking light recipe. I had to actually mention that to Ryan because he was like, ooh, this tastes kind of like healthy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. It's a cooking light recipe. Um, and That's he funny. was definitely like snacking later that night because it's just mm. a, it's not a, I mean, he shouldn't have been snacking, but he did anyway. <laughs> but it's, it's not a heavy meal. Like it's yeah. Yeah. light. I don't think you would expect to come away with this feeling like you just had a roast chicken or something. like right. that. Right. Yeah. it's perfect for a yeah. comfort food on the lighter side. For
0: sure. I was thinking about this for your family. You could even tear up rotisserie chicken and throw it in there.
1: Oh, into the omelet? Into
0: the omelet, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, because
0: that's one of the things they do in Chinese steak. I actually thought about that for myself. I was like, oh, if you want the chicken version of this, you just throw some chicken in there. Or I thought it'd be a little thicker, take a little extra time to cook. But I think you could add in a couple extra eggs, Betsy, and just make it a slightly eggier dish. I liked the ratio of eggs to veggie, but I'm, you know, I'm not, like, looking for a heavy meal at night a lot of times. So, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think, yeah, I mean... Also Ryan, maybe less snacking dude, but you know,
1: he loves a snack. He does love a snack. So any kind of, there's sort of like, if it's a light dinner, it's sort of green lights, the snacking at night, which is (laughs) maybe (laughs) not a good thing anyway. That's all right.
0: Yeah. So I will say this did taste like a lighter version, which was fine. The gravy kind of made it feel like a treat for me. So Mm -hmm. I was like, Ooh, gravy. I don't know. Um, yeah, was I delicious. ended up eating, yeah. I ended up eating leftovers for lunch a couple days, and the last day I actually ran out of the gravy, so I just like ate it at room temperature, like a frittata, which was also mm. really good. I was like, oh, I just might make this as a frittata, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not do the gravy. So yeah, it was just, uh, and like, who doesn't like a recipe that just uses slaw and yeah. shred pre shredded carrots, you know? So this is a four to five for me.
1: Yeah, me too. I was happy we made this, and. I did like how simple it was, healthy, mm-hmm. felt lighter, but felt like comfort food. It checked a lot of boxes. So it was good. Yeah. Okay. Last recipe of the day is easy rosemary garlic white bean soup from Budget Bites. So,
0: <laughs> Betsy, I was thinking about this. I think I actually sold you on this episode based on this recipe.
1: Do mm-hmm. you remember? I was yeah. like,
0: there's a really easy bean soup. And you're like, mm, how easy? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I have been sold this bill of goods before.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> but this one is really simple and the payoff is really nice in the end. It's just a simple white bean soup. Not completely smooth, but not brothy with this just lovely flavors of rosemary and garlic. So you need three cans of white cannellini beans to make it. The first can goes into the blender, bean liquid and all. You just blend it up until it's completely smooth. And um, meanwhile, you're sautéing a bit of garlic, olive oil in a large soup pot. When it's fragrant and delicious, you add in some dried rosemary, some thyme, and a little crushed red pepper. Then the beans go in. So you drain the other two cans of beans, dump them in, put in your like blended beans, too, and a little bit of vegetable stock, and you simmer it for 15 minutes or so, just until, you know, the beans are a little more tender, the soup is kind of, you know, the flavors have all melded together, and it's nice and hot. That's it. I mean, this takes way less than a half an hour um, mm-hmm. to make. It. It's just you
1: know cans of beans. How did you like it, Betsy? We love this, and you are right. It is so easy, and everything comes like straight out of your pantry. This mm-hmm. is if you have the spices are dried, can't like beans are in a can. It's you could really have this at the ready at any time which is great so i served this in mugs with some grilled cheese sandwiches and i mean it just made for such a satisfying easy weeknight dinner that was like warm and delicious Mm -hmm. and this soup was so flavorful for being so easy i thought oh this is this is good This is good. Yeah, I
0: remember you and I were on the phone, and you're like, I don't know, I'm supposed to be making dinner. I was like, make the white bean soup. You're like, meh, I don't want to make the soup. (laughs) It's like, it's so easy. Um, Yeah, I mean, with mugs with grilled cheese, I had it with, um, when I was eating it as leftovers one day, it was like, I warmed a bit of it up. I only had a little bit left, but then I had this, like, little bit of leftover spinach salad, and Mm. it was like the soup and salad situation, which was really good. It just, like... And I brought it into work. I was doing some workshops, and everyone's like, what's that soup? That smells so good.
1: Mm -hmm. And I
0: did not predict anyone would care about this soup, Betsy.
1: Yeah. Right? It's like three cans of beans. Yeah, it's like this three can of bean soup. Meanwhile, I've brought in
0: things that I've worked at at for like eight hours, and no one said a word. (laughs) So it's just a little bit like, seriously, the three can of bean soup? But... Everyone was super into it. And they're like, oh, what's that? That smells so good. And then I said, oh, it's for the podcast. They're like, oh, is it up on your website? It's like, not yet. And then they got mad because they're like, why are you eating something? (laughs) And then I had to send them this recipe via my work email, which I don't know, whatever. So it was just hilarious. Um, But it does smell really good. It's that like Mm -hmm. garlic and rosemary thing. This is five out of five for me. I don't know how you can improve on it, to be honest.
1: Yeah, this is one of those recipes that's just flavorful, dead simple. You can't mm-hmm. break it. And it's yeah. just – I mean I was just thinking I should make this soup all the time. This should just be – I now know how to make this soup by heart because it's oh, not yeah. hard. Yeah. And I can just always make it. So five out of five also for me. What a discovery this week. Mm-hmm. So wrapping it up,
0: I was convinced I would be in love with the ikfu young and that would be my winner. And it was very good. But that
1: soup, man, it won. How about you, Betsy? Yeah, I'm going for the soup too. That was just, uh, that's really something I'll hang on to.
0: Any of these recipes sound good? Make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There you can find links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we discussed. And if you want to chat with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. It's always got We're always talking about something on there. And uh, we're at Dinner Sisters Podcast. Just put that in the search and you'll find us.
1: Okay, Kate, before we head to the smorgasbord, a break. All right, today on the smorgasbord, we are talking about books. Yeah, Betsy and I
0: are both lucky enough to be 10-speed press ambassadors, which is just like a... A program for people who have things like podcasts or just really into cookbooks. And so we get cookbooks for free in the mail, which is like, Do I don't know how that? I ended up on this life, but it's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. If you told me the only benefit of this podcast would just be getting cookbooks free in the mail in advance.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, sold. Yes. Sold. Died. So great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so recently have been reading through a couple cookbooks that we just love and wanted to share with you. And I'm going to talk about one, Betsy's going to talk about the other one. My cookbook is Cool Beans from Joe Yonan, and this is a cookbook devoted completely just to beans, nothing else. And I couldn't be in more of a favor of that because I love a bean. Mm-hmm. And normally, I don't like a single-topic cookbook. Okay, It can be a little, you know, dicey, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like, how much can you write about one ingredient without yeah. it starting to get a little old or the recipes get a little weak? And I actually think he nailed it on this one. And he goes all the way from, like, dips and snacks to soups. He's got burgers on there, main dishes, drinks, and desserts, and even condiments. So... I thought it was really fun. There's an explainer in the front about beans, which I taught me a few things, which is great. Um, he's got a whole index in the back about types of beans, which is awesome. Some recipes that caught my eye were um, some black bean sopes, a Nigerian stewed black-eyed peas and plantains, and this creamy pasta fajol. And all of them, I mean, that, that's just like a few that I kind of picked out. The photos are beautiful. And I'm super curious about the dessert section, Betsy. He's got this coconut cream bean pie. Did you see yes, this? Yes,
1: I did see it.
0: Yeah, it was just so interesting. This chickpea pralines, this white bean smoothie, which I'm like, okay, all right. Um, I don't know how they'll go. I haven't done them yet, but I think they sound interesting. And honestly, if you're a vegetarian or trying to keep get more beans in your life or eat less meat, this actually might be a fun choice to kind of check out. And there's a lot of variety in the recipes, so I think it'll keep you interested. So that's my cookbook. Betsy, what's yours?
1: Okay, we also got this month. See you on Sunday, which is by Sam Sifton, and I was just so excited to open this book up, and was rewarded because it is amazing and really fun. So I got this when Maida was homesick this past week, and we sort of spent the afternoon reading through it together, and then picked out some oh, recipes to make. So we've already cooked a few things from this book, which is great a guinness beef stew which you, you know is a beef stew mm. braised with some guin- or a beef stew made with some guinness as the cooking liquid and then you pour like a half bag of shredded sharp cheddar in right at the Ooh. end so it's this like creamy beer cheese soup stew thing. oh my gosh <laughs> it was so good ryan and i looked at each other and were like oh my gosh is this good and then we also made bananas fosters which is just Aww. like so fun for the kids. I mean it just it was a really really fun time cooking out of that the night we did. And so the whole premise of this book, it's meant to serve a little bit more than your average family. So think the recipe, think of recipes that are maybe written for like 6 to 8, even 10 people. Oh wow, okay. Rather than 4 because he's encouraging us to have people over for a Sunday supper. Got it. And so the book is also filled with stories about neighborhood get-togethers, cooking for his church, cooking with friends at the beach. There, There is a recipe called First Night Pasta, which he explains and kind of says that it's hmm. the meal he cooks the first night a group of family and friends gather for an occasion like a wedding or a baptism or a funeral or even at oh, the beach for nice. a vacation. It's kind of like his big pasta dish he always makes and he calls it First Night Pasta. So And I think we all kind of need recipes like this in our life. And I appreciated this sort of collection of very approachable, accessible meals for cooking for maybe more, just a little bit more than your family. So I I thought it was great. I loved it.
0: Yeah. Ringing endorsements for these cookbooks. We'll have them on our website. And since we're Amazon affiliates, you can always click through that link, support the podcast a little bit and get an awesome cookbook. Yeah. So, Betsy, speaking of cookbooks, we have a fun project that you and I have been working on, and since you've been really spearheading this, I thought you maybe should talk a little bit more about it.
1: Yes, Kate. One thing we've been thinking a lot about is how we now have 100-plus episodes Oh my gosh. and a ton of recipe recommendations, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And we love that we found all of these recipes because you kind of go out into the wide world of the internet and go from a million recipes <laughs> down, to, <laughs> down to three a week, which is mm-hmm. great. But it can also be a lot to take in just even if you've been following along over the past two years and you've sort of forgotten. Even that's a really lot of recipes. Ones. Yeah. Even, you know, going from a million down to 300, you still have 300 recipes. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: I know, right? Um, yeah. Even you and I have a hard time with it. Sometimes we're like, remember that recipe? with the, the peas in it <laughs> yes.
1: or we or something yeah. comes up and we're like oh we should make that again that was a really good one and mm-hmm. then some of them are some of us are just like really swamped with everything else in our life we just want the cliff notes version just right. give me the cliff notes don't make me dig through your show notes i yeah. can't remember what episode things are on maybe you guys find it fun yeah.
0: But the rest of us have things to do.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so what we came up with is essentially sort of a short-form Dinner Sisters cookbook in the form of a clickable, a clickable linked PDF. So mm-hmm. we're calling them our recipe box collection and we're going to put them up in a little shop linked on our website as a digital download. And the recipe boxes are essentially collections of recipes. And I'll give you an example. So one of our first ones we put together is a busy nights recipe box and the first category is sandwiches so Mm -hmm. we went through all of the recipes and picked five or six of our favorite sandwiches including things like the garlic broccoli sub slow cooker french dips focaccia for a crowd in this PDF there's a short description there's a picture of the recipe and then when you click on the picture for the recipe like you're clicking on the French dip it takes you directly to the recipe on the original website so instead of going like clicking through a bunch of links you can just see oh I do want to make these French dip sandwiches you all made click mm-hmm. and, it gets, and it gets you right there no searching through the show notes right no going to the recipe link it's just no wondering way.
0: when Kate will ever update the recipe index exactly you know.
1: Uh, So if you're on the email list this week, you will get a free soups and stews kind of mini recipe box book free with the newsletter. So you can kind of get a feel for the formatting and how it works. And you can take a look at that and see if that's something maybe you would like or would help you on your cooking journey with us here. And we're putting together some other recipe box collections too, like uh, Greatest Hits other things like that so we're excited so you can head on over to the website click the link to the shop you'll find those in there they're not expensive much as a cup of coffee a fancy coffee <laughs> and it will be like you will be shortcut to success well I'm really excited to hear what
0: other recipe boxes people might want to see Betsy you know like mm-hmm. what are they looking for and yeah. you know if you do
1: get a recipe box let us know what you think yeah all right so that's what's for dinner this week see you next time on the dinner sisters we'll save a spot at the table for you
0: would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes and this week a little preview of our new ebook if you have some dinner ideas you can always send us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com last as per usual if you like what you're hearing please tell a friend and then maybe review and subscribe that's how people get to know us Thanks and happy eating.